Good evening. Welcome to Nerd News Now for November 25th, 2019. Uh, Miss Jen, do you like ham, turkey, tofu, tofu ham, tofu tur turkey, turkey ham, ham turkey, or tofu? Yes. Yeah. Just me and Miss Jen holding down the fort today on Nerd News Now. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the box office, uh, Disney's frozen assets. Man, it made so much money. Insane amount of money. Uh, and then we're going to have an interview with um, Matthew Rosenberg. Yeah. A Marvel writer, a writer of Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. Uh, and he's got some stuff to tell us. So much. So all cool that stuff. and more on Nerd News Now. Hey, welcome back. Nerd News Now. Uh, it is the Monday before Thanksgiving. You can tell, too. It was busy at the shop. Yeah, it's it's just generally busy outside. Like, people go into not Mad Max mode yet. Wednesday no. Wednesday is Mad Max mode. This is Maybe. sort of just like maybe like Death Race 3000 mode. Because it's like <laughs> people are out there going insane. Like, I work a job where I get off at 3 p.m., and I was expecting to have to battle the school zones. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, school, you know, where we're at, school is out, out the whole week, mm -hmm. which way different than I was a kid. I don't know if you remember, you know, when. I think but we just got I, Thursday I think off. Really, just Thursday? I think so. I think Thursday we got, and Friday. I think we at least got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But now I've talked to, you know, I guess in our area, too, it just depends on where you're at, but. A lot of people, you know, travel because because mm -hmm. we have a lot of people from Texas now that are not from Texas. So you have people traveling back out. I think if you didn't allow them to have the whole week off, they're probably just calling anyway. That's probably the truth. So, yeah, <laughs> that going on, but <clears throat> so not quite the store rush yet, but you can kind of like feel it in the wind. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. We've been prepping hardcore. You gotta like get all the shelves stocked with stuff. I feel like we've had enough kind of slow trickle sales now that I've got bare spots that I need to fill in. Oh, okay. Crazy. I didn't know if you were talking about your pantry for Thanksgiving dinner or your store, but that when you said trickle indeed. sales, we cleaned it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what kind of Thanksgiving uh, spread do you do, or do you go somewhere else, or what? Mine's pretty simple. I make a huge turkey with a. You know, it's got a whole pound of butter in it. It's really yeah. so good. Yeah, you stick it between the breast meat and the skin, and you end up with a perfect turkey every time. Um, what type of butter do you use? What brand? The the Irish cream butter. Is it Kerrygold? Yeah. Yeah, that's the stuff. Yeah. Kerrygold is the stuff. I discovered that like two years ago. It is awesome. It's. I've I've never had it be wrong for anything. Yeah, and you get you get like a really good melt. Um, they have it in like stick form now, yep. but it also comes in that tub that mm -hmm. kind of stays awesome forever. Except for it always gets like this weirdly crayon yellow color layer. I just I got that. that. Off. I, would, I just get the bricks. Uh, oh, you, so you get the you get the bricks. The brick. Because um, I think it comes in. We're, we're getting really technical here. <laughs> I think it comes in an eight ounce package. I'm just saying that stuff is good. Just yeah. stick it on top of a pot roast. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Put put a roast in a slow cooker and put a stick of Kerrygold butter on it and just walk away with the magic happen. My live show yesterday, everyone was telling me that they brine their turkeys, that they stick it in brine for a day and then uh, they yeah. cook it. So I was listening to NPR and there's a 
podcast on there called Splendid Table. Mm-hmm. It's like a, well, you know, Colin show. Everything's called a podcast now, including this. I mean, just like, because <laughs> because people access it later, typically, right? Sure. But I was listening to it, and people were calling in to this guy for Thanksgiving tips, and one lady was kind of stressed out because she can never get the turkey right. Like, it's always either, it's always undercut. And the husband's like, you really need to try the turkey, which is like, dude, not supportive, first of all. Like, like <laughs> don't ever, don't ever say that to your partner. Like, just get, don't ever tell your partner just to give up. No. Go cold turkey. Get it? No. Uh, but that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. That was a great dad joke. Um, so, what he said was, you brine it. Because that way you can cook it longer and have way less of a risk of overcooking it. Right. Because you get, like, you have that, basically the extra juices to play around with. Mm-hmm. Um... But a lot of people just swear by brining anything. Um, anything? Yeah, yeah. I've never brined anything. I have to figure out what that looks like. Yeah, well, I mean, if you do, you could do it with a uh, pulled pork. Okay. You brine it, brine it in pineapple juice, and then, and then about and you can do like a real slow cook on it. Um, and uh, about halfway through that cook, uh, you can kind of drain the pineapple juice because it's already kind of sunk into the meat, and then put pineapples. On top, like actual pineapples. Yum. Um, and then and then <coughs> and then cook and then cook that down. Then put it in your barbecue sauce, mash it all together, like with the actual. Because at that point, the pineapple is not going to be like chunky. It'll be so soft that it'll kind of like almost meld. With Probably the pork. one of the only people that actually likes pineapple on pizzas. No. I so love it. I, but I love it too. So there's there's more of us. Okay, we can join the society I, of pineapple I think, pizza lovers. You know, no. So, you know, when I went to New York um, mm-hmm. earlier this year, I was thinking I would go into like a pizzeria, and it's just like, hey, what do you want? Pepperoni, cheese, sausage. Get out of here. Yep. It wasn't like that. No. There was there was there was buffalo chicken pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, you know, meatball pizza. There was all, a lot of competition all kinds there. of stuff. People live on pizza there. But this was like an old school pizzeria. Like they were like, if you didn't know what you wanted in like five seconds, you're done. Like move along. Done. <laughs> but I thought it was just going to be super generic and mm-hmm. it wasn't. And pineapple was there. Yes. Because I just thought like some people will tell you like that's an abomination. <laughs> Uh, look, here's the thing, <laughs> Just but, but you get, I, I get, I guess the idea is people don't like the sweetness of it. Maybe they think it takes away. It look, but it you goes, put ham with it. it That's the point. It, 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 they can yeah. interact each other. And then if you're feeling really adventurous, put a little bit of bacon for that extra yes. salt. Cause then you got the salt, salt and the sweet. And you can be crazy and do black olives too, which all goes hey, together. You know what works out really well? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of marinara, if you go to such an establishment, get buffalo sauce for a oh, Hawaiian, because then you get a spicy I'll Hawaiian. It. I'll try it. And if you want, you can put some red peppers on there. But uh, how do we get talking about this? We're hungry now. <laughs> uh, like we go from pizza. Mm-hmm. Well, we can go to frozen pizza or just Disney's Frozen, which made. $127 million. I believe it, because, like, when I went to go watch the sneak peek of Knives Out, there were so many, like, little girls in their <laughs> princess dresses. That was a humble brag. So you saw Knives Out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How was it? It was great. They had they actually had a showing uh, two nights. They had one on Friday and one on Saturday. Just one. Yeah, and, you know, so it officially comes out 
you know, this weekend. I think Tuesday. Twenty seventh. Yeah. Official. Oh well, yeah, because they're gonna do the extended. Mm -hmm. They always love to do like each year. It seems like they extend the Thanksgiving weekend more and more so they can get that record. You know. <laughs> But uh, people better not be spoiling that movie. I hate it when I, there's like a movie that the whole point of it is that it's gonna have a spoiler. Yeah. It's like shut up, don't tell people that it's a spoiler. Um, but seriously, but without spoiling <coughs> it, you said that it's kind of hard to guess, though, right? It, I mean, you might be able to figure out kind of who like a, who the bad people might be, mm -hmm. but you're not gonna know the like the this is who did it with the something in the somewhere. That's good. There's no way. But I'm, it's not like one of those, it's like yeah. the character that shows up is like someone you've never seen before. Right. It's not that. I hate those movies where you're like, well, I could have never figured that out because it didn't yeah. exist as a knowledge base. Yeah. So we have we have that to look forward to. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, you know, like we keep saying, December, they're just going to roll out all the yes. so movies excited. with Oscar buzz. Um, but so Frozen, it made $127 million. That was just mm -hmm. domestically. Up to three hundred fifty million internationally, worldwide, um, for November fifth highest grossing ever. For November, just wait until this weekend happens. Yeah, blow all that away. You think you think it's going to have a strong? Typically, movies from every time we do this, typically they fall about fifty percent. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you can only fall fifty percent, doing really well. This might be a movie. Where I could see it, especially if you take in like that holiday extension, and it might be able to get another hundred. It just depends on the buzz. I mean, it's got you know, a kids movie is not really the movie that hinges hinges on like that Rotten Tomato score, right? No. Uh, because it it doesn't matter. It's Those it's basically all about word of mouth, or have you had time to go take your kid to see it, or if it's like the first one, they're gonna go see it two or three times. At least. So I think it can maybe made one twenty seven. I would I would say eighty, but I would leave the window open for it to make another hundred. Mm -hmm. Especially if you have like that, you know, five day weekend. Yeah, because I mean, you've got the right now. You just took your girls to it, right? To go. Yeah. Because you know everyone's prepping now. The family's going to come into town, and they'll want to go see it with you again. And yeah. The girls will be like, please, we'll go see it again. And then maybe you'll get a third one out of them this weekend, <laughs> just because yeah. they because you're bored and. You're like, hey, we've looked at each other enough as a family. Where can we go and not look at each other? Yeah. Um, well, in, in case you're curious, the four movies that have a higher November gross are Ooh. One Hunger Games and Three Twilights. Man, Twilights. It was one of the, it was, it was like the last Twilight that had like the two part. It was a Breaking Dawn, A and B or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, so, but obviously Frozen is probably going to pick up a little bit of steam because I don't know if there's any other family movies other than the third place film mm -hmm. which was uh you know the mr rogers movie starring tom hanks and so that was a beautiful day in the neighborhood that came in third with 13 uh last week's number one four versus ferrari um had a really strong you know open mm -hmm. and it fell to 15 million which isn't bad considering yeah. frozen and um you know beautiful day in the neighborhood came out so i think and and I heard, you know, people talking about it on the radio and podcast. Some people did not grow up with Mr. Rogers, but they have a fondness for Tom Hanks that a lot of people have for Mr. So Rogers. It'll, so it'll draw just so they, they're it, just going to go see Tom, uh, so Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks yes. 
some people were saying, oh, I'm just going to go see Tom Hanks because that is my childhood memories. I hope no little kid was watching The Burbs the whole time. That movie freaks me out. <laughs> but do you remember Do you remember who the, the, the female lead in The Burbs was? No idea. It was Carrie Fisher. What? So definitely, it is definitely a movie okay. worth revisiting because one of the neighbors was played by Bruce Dern, who I've had such an, uh, you know, admiration for um, in his, as he gets older in his career. He, you know, he was in Nebraska with Will Forte and he got an Academy Award nomination for that. Mm-hmm. And then he was um, in at least one Tarantino movie. He was in Hateful Eight. Um, now he plays the old man, but uh, <laughs> but worth revisiting the Burbs. Okay, and not Take not for it. I mean not really a horror comedy, but more like suspense, because they basically it's Tom Hanks and people in the neighborhood think the new people that just moved in are a satanic cult. So it's the perfect Christmas movie. So just <laughs> check it out. Um, okay, so now there's a new trend that's going on where. We, and we've already talked about this, but like Amazon's been doing it for a couple of years now with Prime streaming service. They put a lot of money behind a movie, put it in a the theater for like one or two weeks just to get it, you know, eligible for awards, and then put it on the streaming service. Uh, Netflix has been doing this mostly with Will Smith movies, but this week marks probably their biggest one to date and definitely most ambitious. Martin Scorsese, uh, his new movie, The Irishman. Which, believe it or not, because that guy has a lot of long movies. This one is three and a half hours. This is gonna be this is gonna be his longest theatrical release because it it already came out for like a week and a half in New York and L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, solely based on the fact that Netflix is kind of banking on uh, they pulled Pesci out of retirement for it, so he might get a nod for best supporting actor, uh, and then it has some unknown actors named De Niro and. Pacino? Uh, Al Pacino? Al Pacino. Oh, my word. So, <laughs> I think it's going to do well. Now, are, do you like mobster movies? I love mobster movies. Come on. Now, this one is based on the book um, by... I'm trying to remember the author's name. The name of the book is I Hear You Paint Houses. That was code. I Hear You Paint Houses was code. It was code. a code? Yeah, it, it, for, I hear the, you're a hired the, killer, the, the but I guess, people? like, on the phone, if you say, I hear you're a hired killer, it might, like, create a buzz. That was they before, might. but that was before people had the ability to, like, drop in on phones and collect your wireless data. They didn't have burner phones back then. They just had, like, a big van sitting out in front of your house with, like, a, you know, one of those. Yeah, big surveillance van, mm-hmm. um, probably of some, like, you know, name with uh, something to do with like pest control. Pay no attention alliteration. to the parabolic microphone. A really uh, alliteration heavy <laughs> man. Oh yes, absolutely. Like Keith's cakes or something like that. Um, so, but Charles <coughs> Charles Brandt, he wrote the book. It's based on um, the true life story from you know as as true as everyone's accounts are of uh, Frank Sheeran, who was tied to. Jimmy Hoffa, and most likely Jimmy Hoffa's disappearance, but as you remember, that was like a big thing no one ever found. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of like Al Capone's vault and Geraldo uh, Rivera being like, uh, 
Remind me to tell you afterwards. I've got some information about that. Whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely don't say that. Don't say that on camera. Uh, so, hey, you like giant monsters beating each other up, right? Is kaiju? Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, too bad. Because guess uh, what? Godzilla what? versus King Kong has been delayed. Well, you probably did. You ever calendar marked, or you're not that big into it? Um, I didn't know that they had had a release date, so it I was, just knew that it was coming. It was March 13th, 2020, okay. so it got bumped back to November, so basically this time next year. Man, that's a long time. <laughs> it feels like a long time only because, like, I know people are waiting on it. Like, you mm-hmm. saw, did you see the last one a couple times? A lot of times. Yeah. Oh, you, like you films. lost count, like, in the theater? Yeah, you lost I don't, count? Whoa. I can't remember. Okay. Um, so, that's a little bit of a bummer. But, mm-hmm. but... I am looking forward to that because it's directed by Adam Wingard. And did you ever watch the anime series Death Note? Or uh, sell the manga or anything? Like, have you seen the manga? I've seen it, but I haven't so, taken it yet. So that's the one where the guy, L, like, he writes someone's name in a notebook and they're wiped out. You know, yeah. And, and it so you can't, can't, be, can't, be tra- can't be traced back. Um, they have a live action version on Netflix and Wingard directed it. It was pretty good. Okay. Um, I think it translates as about as well as a lot of manga does, just because for an American audience, you got to do like a whole different type of you know pacing. And manga, as you know, they have a ton of volumes. Oh like, my! It is like gracious, ridiculous. Yes. Like I don't know how. Like Attack on Titan, for example. Um, you know the Cartoon Network version has three or four seasons, or I don't know if it's. Season five will be the last or what? But they have a lot of volumes. Like it's it's crazy. Like it's just so many books. Like do you think that those go longer than uh, their American counterparts, just like comic books? Oh well, because it seems like a lot of content. Maybe that's what it's like. Bleach is on his. I don't know what number that is on. Yeah, which feels like it's the farthest longer. Naruto. Yeah, but um. So if you like that, I mean, Death Note, that live-action version was pretty cool. Because they already did a live-action version, but this would be like the Netflix American live-action version. But the demon was voiced by Willem Dafoe, so that alone, it was cool. Willem. That was cool. Um, And he also did the um, new-ish horror movie, You're Next, which I'm not into. No. I'm not into like those stalky, you know, like you're everyone's at a party and then they're not because they're dead. Except Clue, that was cool. <laughs> but in Clue, they're not wearing like crazy animal masks no. and stabbing each other. It's way more fun than that. Is that the uh, one with the baby faces? Flames on the side of my face. No, that was the uh, that was the one with the animal mask. Oh, okay. you're next. Yeah, I think. See, just the fact that you said baby, baby faces that creeps me out. That could be creepy. Um, so another movie news: The Batman cast yet another star. Uh, oh let, let's How see. Many people are gonna have in this movie? So let's see, based on <laughs> let's see, based on the character, if you can kind of give me more of an idea of what story the Batman is my, going to be. My telling. non-expertness in DC. Well, we'll try it. no, but you. I mean, but you've seen all the Batman trades, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you've at least like you know flip flip through them and. So it's Carmine Falcone, played by John Turturro. It's going to be awesome. That's awesome. I love John Turturro. 
But does that, like, give any more of a clue? Because people keep saying, you know, The Long Halloween. There's so many villains in this. I'm so hoping for The Long Halloween. There's so many villains. Um, the cast, of course, Batman's Rob Pass and Catwoman Zoe Kravitz. Uh, what did they say Paul Dano was? The Riddler? I think mm-hmm. Paul Dano's yeah. The Riddler. Uh, Jeffrey Wright uh, is going to be Commissioner Gordon. Okay. And then Andy Circus is your Alfred. But, I mean, that's already... That would be like three, four... Because the, the penguin's still on the table, just hasn't mm-hmm. been cast yet. So that's a lot. That's a lot going on. So I'm just thinking like those, you know, those 12 or 13 issue stories. Like yes. the long Halloween. Um, Hush, you know, but Hush is missing. Yeah, you few would have key to, components. You would have to... <laughs> Cast Hush really late, otherwise everyone will understand what's going on. Yeah, and you, well, and also, <laughs> you would have to set up the ramen thing mm-hmm. with Hush. I mean, you don't have to, the cartoon on, uh, I think it's available on the uh, DC Universe app now. That's good. Yeah? Yeah, because it makes sense. Like, they definitely change it, but it's like an 81 minute cartoon that's mm-hmm. putting that, you know, Batman masterpiece <laughs> on screen i mean you know that with i think that was 13 no 12 issues for hush i believe it took like a year once a month for a year but that's a big big story Mm -hmm. to condense into that um now so we'll just we'll just stay tuned i mean because i don't know that i think they're just going to keep adding people that's a lot of people though the problem you run into if you have that many people in a film is like getting everybody enough screen time to make it make sense. We know Marvel can do it clearly because Endgame had like <laughs> everybody ever, and everyone felt like they had some screen time that wasn't seemed forced. Though, I think see one of the problems with like you know the movies that are so panned from the late nineties, like mm-hmm. you know Batman and Robin specifically, is. They not only did they force the screen time, mm-hmm. but it was over the top. Yes. So when you saw Jim Carrey on screen, over the top. Arnold as uh, Mr. Freeze, over the top. With this, without having like a slow build like Marvel did, where you each get your own movie, so then you don't have to re-explain the origins or anything. Um, unless it was like three and a half hours, I don't know how that can happen. But the one thing they have going for them is. I really think you can bank on the audience knowing who everyone is by this point. I mean, like, like from a, I mean, definitely Batman, definitely Alfred, definitely Commissioner Gordon, definitely Catwoman. I would assume, I would assume most people would know who the Riddler is from at least all the cartoons alone. You don't have it on here. What is not on here? They, I. Is this TV news? It's movie news. Any news? I think it's movie news. Okay, go for it. That they've. Said that they're green lighting more Joker. Now stuff. Now, of course, they are because they want to make a bit billion dollars again. More, more but, villain backstories. But is Joaquin Phoenix? So he's not know. signed on. I don't see. Do you see being the way he is? Do you see him just doing this without a script or an idea? I don't. I think that would be a slow build. I don't know how he is. Isn't he a method actor? Oh yes, yeah. So maybe you could just like do whatever. Well, but but I'm saying he he has already said 
if he doesn't see a point mm -hmm. to doing the story, like he's not going to do it just to make a billion dollars. Warner Brothers is going to do it just to make a million dollars. Like if they Maybe. can pick, if they, if they go, huh, Killer Croc, why not? And if they can figure out a way to make it a billion dollars. Now, have they dropped any names or they're just saying, oh, we love the idea of a minor villain making a billion dollars for us. So, not that Joker's minor, but Joker would never have led a movie until the age we live in now. You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't have... All the, I would have watched Cesar Romero and his painted over mustache for like 90 minutes. <laughs> but funny. I think there's a movie called The Mustache, but it's not about that, unfortunately. Um, any ideas who, who those characters would be? A Two Face would be good. Two Face yes. would be good. Yes. I think so good. Killer Croc. You know how everything was sort of Spawn's sort of been AWOL lately. Like there's not been any news. It was like, oh, we cast Jamie Foxx. It's going to be horror. You're barely going to see Spawn. He's not going to speak. It's going to be done by Blumhouse. Kind of crickets chirping right now. That doesn't mean it's not happening. I don't know. I don't have any information, but. As a fan of all this stuff, you usually see it in your face when it's, you know, happening and on its way. Sure, sure. So, but within that vein, something like Killer Croc could definitely work. Yes. I don't think they would go that minor. Who who do you think would be the, the next logical step after Joker? Well, okay, so for me, I would love to delve into Bane's Oh, story. yeah, yeah. Because I don't think we ever see origin stuff for him, really. Yeah. We kind of get it for... The movie, but we don't. I don't know if that's a real word. Basically, just like <laughs> stuck in a hole in prison. Yeah. I mean, as far as what we got from the Christopher Nolan franchise, yeah. we got inferred origin. Uh, well, I mean, a proper Catwoman movie would be a great start. I think. Yeah. I mean, and the Selena Kyle. We already established that that Catwoman they made mm -hmm. with Halle Berry wasn't Selena Kyle. They were just doing it for you know probably cash grab. I mean, you throw Catwoman's name on something. Like I said. Established character, you don't need to know anything going in. So, um, so just real quick on this because it's not worth our energy when people get mad at stuff. But there's a new <laughs> Star Wars clip. Have the whole gang together, uh, Ray and Poe and Finn and the droids, and they're fleeing in the land speeder from stormtroopers. This is just a thirty second clip. You mm -hmm. know, people are like eating it with like two spoons, right? But like. The stormtroopers are chasing them, and then they just start flying in jetpacks. And then all the comments online are like, I'm done, this is stupid. And I'm kind of thinking, all the technology we have today, yeah. and all the technology that you have ever seen in a Star Wars movie, and all the aliens, and all the droids, and the Force, and you guys have a problem with jetpacks? Like, did you know that if you go to a beach, you can pay, like, 15 bucks, and they have that weird water jetpack, and you just go, wee. That's yeah. basically what it looked like on screen. Who cares? We know there's jetpacks. Boba Fett has one. Yeah. And he was really bad at it, because he still got eaten by the Starlight Pit. But anyway, <laughs> I cool 30, if you're just craving Star Wars, I know you kind of like to avoid this stuff, but if you're just craving Star Wars, check it out. Uh, it's not going to affect the ticket sales. It's not going to make people go, oh, jetpacks? I'll, I'll take 10 tickets. If you were going to see it, you're going to see Doesn't it. Doesn't everyone already have their tickets? Probably. <laughs> um, so just switching to TV real quick. Okay. Uh, there is a new show. So I'll just I'll tell you first. I'll let you guess. Okay. Uh, but we did, we did just transition from Star Wars on the outline. I meticulously created to do... <laughs> 
to do cool transitions, <laughs> parlays, you know, uh, segues. But that aside, Stranger Things since it came out in July okay. was the number one in demand show. Twenty one months straight. Yep. Oh, sorry, weeks. Twenty one weeks straight. I'm sure it's since destroyed. July. Uh, well. There's a new number one. What do you think it is? It's got to be Mandalorian. It's Mandalorian. That's all anyone talks about online right uh, now. And it's because of Baby Yoda, y'all. Like, it is. Yep. It is really because the show is good. And you know what's crazy is that, like, people are like, well, I watched a Mandalorian for 30 seconds, and it's way better than this Star Wars Episode Nine is going to be. I, okay. How like, do you know? <laughs> you I, I don't know. But, the thing is, but, then, but then they'll start arguing that, oh, Baby Yoda's too cute. Stop. Too cute. Yeah, I know. I know. It's because they think that it like cripples the script or whatever. You know, like they're they're basing the whole thing on this freaking adorable green baby going. Reminds me. The storyline reminds me of what's the storyline that's uh, I think it's extra canon now, where the the Jabba's son gets carried around, gets rescued by oh, somebody. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. What well, was that? Was that in the Jabba comic? Or was that, a, di so. was that in a different comic? Maybe it's in the Clone Wars. Maybe it's in the Clone Wars. Maybe it's in Clone Wars. It's Clone Wars, I think. Yes. And apparently, and if, you, if you really dissect all the footage, I'm not going to go into this now, but uh, there's some Clone Wars time. I would just say, okay. make sure you're up on your Clone Wars animated series okay. before you see Episode Nine. There's going to be some stuff. Dagger. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... So that's going to be cool. Um, but anyway, so this company, I don't know how you figure this out, but this company named Parrot Analytics, they figured out the audience demand is at 100 million people for Mandalorian now. I'm sure. And they've got to be just monitoring the, the yeah. social media feeds, yeah? Yeah. Or how many, what percentage of the social media feed right now is only about Mandalorian related things? It's yeah. pretty high. Yeah. And, and then. <laughs> But uh, that's obviously way more subscribers than they have. So that's how I don't. Do they just mm -hmm. go up to like as many people as they can stand before they pass out and go, do you want to see Baby Yoda? Do you want to see Baby Yoda? Do you want to see Baby Yoda? And just keep like checking off marks. No. I don't know how they gather this data. But they I'm probably just, do some. It has some, to be people like, I haven't seen it. Yeah. But curse you. I wish I could afford it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they probably do some multiplier type thing. My son's going to make fun of me now. About what? Because I do this whenever I'm like, yeah. when I say I'm typing. <laughs> Well, I mean, how are you supposed to type? Like I don't know. They, I guess oh, this is like typing, this. but I go like this. <laughs> well, well, nowadays, nowadays this is typing. Yes, I know. So. That's why it makes fun of me. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and then just the last bit of TV news, and we've been talking about this again, but um, be a couple weeks away, the CW Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, big crossover event released. Like a 30-second trailer, which tells you nothing, really, honestly. No. But it's cool to see people, you know, together on there. And then pictures uh, showing Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy is an old Batman. That's cool. And then more um, Bran Roth as Superman, which people can't get enough of. And that's crazy because you remember how bad that guy got it in, like... The press and media and from fandom yep. when he was, you know, Superman Returns. I just feel bad. I mean, I feel bad, but it's also a good story because now it's like, oh, he's awesome now. He just needed to be this Superman. He needed to be this Superman, and I think it's going to work out. So, uh, it looks like it is time to talk to mm -hmm. Matthew Rosenberg. Um, Hold on one second. 
Now, you are a friend of his, and he has got some stuff to tell us about Miss Jen. So let's see. He's if we not going to tell us anything about Miss Jen. <laughs> hey, Matt. Hi, how's it going? It's going good. We've been nerding out and talking about movies and TV. Now we're ready to talk about awesome comic books. Okay. I can talk about movies and TV too, but uh, I'm not very up to date on those things. Well, what is the last thing that you, this is Mark, Matt, by the way, but what, what is the last thing that you streamed? Or are you streaming anything now? Uh, yeah, I am streaming a show right now. Does it have um, a Baby Yoda in it? Or is it something else? Uh, well, actually, that I'm watching The Mandalorian. Yeah, um, but yeah. yeah, you are, Baby not, Yoda. That's, yeah, of course. But that's not the last thing I streamed because I had to do a whole lot of emails and grunt work yesterday night, so I watched five episodes of Mad Men from about two to seven in the morning. Awesome. It's easy to do because that was basically the same episode for eight years. It, 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 I mean, yeah. there was there's a little bit of differences in there, but it was like a guy in a suit smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very consistent. Um, I actually, I'm still in the first season because I'm about ten years behind the rest of the world. And... I actually called uh, my buddy Chris Sabella, who's a big, who's a fan of the show. I don't know if he's a big fan. And I said, uh, "Is it just this the whole time?" And he was like, "Yes, it's very consistently that the whole time." <laughs> and, I, and and he was like, "But it's enjoyable." And I was like, "Yeah, I I think I'm okay with this for eight years or whatever." Um, so yeah, that's that's the last thing I streamed. But I was also watching The Mandalorian, which is quite good. Yeah, people are going uh, crazy over that. And I, I think people are just generally Star Wars hungry, but then also they didn't know that Baby Yoda existed. So that yeah. is a... And, and they just released the news that, yes, there will be Baby Yoda merchandise in time for Christmas, just in case anyone is freaking yeah. out about that like I was. Of course, there's going to be Baby Yoda merchandise. But they had, they had John Favreau hold that back just for that surprise factor. But, hey, uh, so let's talk about comics... Um, okay. now, Miss Jen, I'll let you take the lead on this. Okay, so, <clears throat> I know you've got a really big comic coming out in, like, three weeks, which I'm super excited about. I want to know more about Hawkeye and tease us about this Rose Ronan character. Who is into that mask? Okay. Uh, so, yeah, in January 1st, uh, which is also, coincidentally, the first day of the year, which is exciting. Um, we are putting out, uh, myself and Otto Schmidt, who is an art genius, and, uh, the Marvel Comics Corporation are doing Hawkeye Freefall number one, um, and yeah, it's, it's Clint Barton Hawkeye, uh, up to his usual stuff, sort of getting in over his head, shooting first, thinking about it later, um, and he ends up going to war with the Hood, and uh, the hood is maybe a little bit uh, more dangerous than Clint gives him credit. And it's sort of not a great idea to just declare war on, on super dangerous supervillains by yourself. Um, and in the meantime, someone is running around uh, dressed as Ronin, uh, and they're wreaking havoc on the streets of New York. Um, and Ronin, for those who don't know, uh, when Hawkeye died in the early 2000s, he came back from the dead, as people tend to do. And he came back dressed uh, in a mysterious costume, and he was Ronan. And no one knew who he was. Um, so now everybody assumes that the new Ronan is Clint, and it's making his life more difficult because he's already up to no good in his 
insane war with the hood and everyone is watching him thinking he's doing something even weirder and crazier dressed as Ronan. Uh, as to who Ronan is, um, we're not saying. It is the big mystery. Um, but it is someone people have seen before, which I don't think I've said before, but it is someone people have seen before. Um, uh-huh. And I know yeah, who it is. there's a, there's a <laughs> clue for you. It's, P- it's Pizza Dog, right? It's Pizza Dog. It's, yeah, it's a dog. It's, oh, it's a man. dog. But, uh, everyone's asking me if the dog in it, and I say no, but uh, uh, he, he is, he's just carrying a sword and stabbing people. Yeah, see? Um, just, which is what everybody wanted. Everyone was like, I like that adorable dog, but I wish he was much more violent. Uh, no, it's not the dog. Uh, I've had just about every character in the Marvel Universe guest at me, and very few people are guessing correctly, which uh, makes me happy. Oh, that's a good thing. Uh, so is it, are you um, touching back on the uh, fact that he is the person that's responsible for Bruce Banner's death? Um, so the fact that he's responsible for Bruce's death, we're sort of touching on it emotionally without really talking about it too much. Um, like Hawkeye's not in a good place, particularly emotionally. He's a, you're going to see that he's a little a little more rash and a little crazier. And I think a lot of that comes from uh, the last few years where things have been really rough on him. And now he's sort of going down a path that even his friends are kind of like, Clint, this is a little wild. And so subtextually, a lot of that is obviously the stuff with Bruce. Um, But uh, the Hulk's not going to show up in this. There are a lot of guest stars, but there's no Hulk. Um, The Hulk's a little too scary to put in this book. So I always thought it was like, kind of a, the worst possible position to put your good friend in, to say, hey, I need you to do this thing for me. <laughs> yeah, to shoot me in the face. If, if, yeah, if going back. yeah it's, it's, it's a lot. And, um, and he has a lot of doubt about it, and he has a lot of self-doubt. And then, you know, it, it's just sort of been a nonstop thing for Clint that he's, like, kind of been in over his head and kind of been... been I mean, I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, uh, you know, I love Hawkeye, I love Clint, because even more than your Captain America or your Tony Stark, um, he's really the, the everyman entry point into the Marvel Universe. He doesn't have any superpowers. He's he's just a guy who's good at something, and that is enough for him to be on the Avengers. And, you know, he's standing next to Thor and the Hulk and Iron Man and all these, you know, Scarlet Witch and all these superheroes who are, like, gods, and he, you know, it means a very different thing for Clint to go into a fight than it does for Thor. For Thor, it's like, well, you know, this might be annoying. For Clint, like, every battle might be the last one. And I think, you know, something I really want to explore is, like, what is it like when that sort of realization catches up with him? When he realizes that, like, uh, he's been he's been playing on borrowed time for a long time. And, uh, you know, it caught up to him already. He already died once. But, um, yeah, so it's it's... I'm not. I, I'm making it sound much darker than it is. It's a very fun and funny book, but there is a lot of uh, pathos to Clint in this, and so the, this the Hulk is, stuff is definitely part of that. This is a five-issue series. Is that correct? Um, the first arc, <laughs> if they're, you know, uh, we're we're sort of playing it by ear right now, um, but the first story is six issues. Six issues, and then. Uh, in your mind, does it have implications that go and reach outside of the series oh, yeah. into the universe? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely. 
Um, you know, there's a there's a funny thing. Like uh, when I got to Marvel, I think there was a bunch of us who showed up around the same time. Uh, me, Zadarsky, Donnie Cates, Kelly Thompson. Uh, Kelly was there a little bit before us, but uh, Ed Brisson. Like we all sort of arrived at Marvel around the same time, and we all sort of came in with a like a sort of a, a fan outsider perspective of like, well, this is stuff that that you know we care about and we're interested in, and we want to move. And I think a common thread among all of us was like there had been a move to to sort of say like, well miniseries don't matter, uh, as the fans say, which I've, I've always hated. I've always hated the idea that, like, if you buy something and read it and don't enjoy it, uh, it didn't matter. Uh, I think if it's a good story, it matters, and if it's not a good story, it doesn't. But uh, I think there's a fan expectation a lot of times that, like, well, if it's not an ongoing, that's not really where the character change and growth comes from. And I think all of us are really trying to buck that trend and really say, like, all of these books matter, um, you never know what's going to be major and important. And I think, like, you see it in everyone's books. You see it in, like, Kelly's Jessica Jones and uh, Ed's Dead Man Logan and uh, Donnie Silver Surfer. Like, you know, we're, we're trying to tell stories that, like, really impact the characters and the universe in big ways. And, um, you know, it's something I try to do a lot in the X-Men and Phoenix Resurrection and, and New Mutants. And uh, it's something we're definitely trying to do with Hawkeye, that, like... At the end of this, Hawkeye will not be exactly the same character in the Marvel Universe as he was going in. Um, re- read into that what you will, but it's, uh, yeah, when next time you see Hawkeye after Hawkeye Freefall, uh, you're going to have a slightly different opinion of Hawkeye, I think. That's so cool. And I, uh, I read, was it last week that Annihilation Scourge came out? Yes. Quite yes. enjoyed last that. Month. That was not what I was expecting at all, and it's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it's really hard to do, um, not to toot my own horn, but uh, Annihilation is like one of my favorite, favorite Marvel events ever. And so I was always like, we should do more Annihilation. And then when they were like, we're going to do more Annihilation, I was terrified. Because <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh God, I don't, I actually have to do this now and do something that, that feels the same, but it's different, that like can stand on its own, but it's obviously a loving tribute. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a fun challenge to, uh, I don't want to, you know, spoil it too much, but it's, uh, it's got a lot of the same players as the original Annihilation books, but sort of in a different roles and it's, it's, uh, it's a different take, but I, I think we're having a lot of fun with it. And I think when people see all of it unfold, it's a, it's a very different kind of Marvel comic. We, I built it to sort of be a little weirder and a little crazier than, your normal six issue miniseries and I, I, I think it came out really well in the end. So I got please tell me, please tell me. You can give me some kind of insider information. I okay. my my favorite book of all time, Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. Yeah. What what can you tell me about where that is in development? Oh, the movie stuff? Yeah. Um Okay, so uh there was movie stuff happening. Um <laughs> It's That's good exciting. news. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I, I actually like legally uh, can't really say much. Uh, you sign all these very intense documents. Just um, tell me, Thunderbirds say, or go? Uh, you know, uh, nothing is ever go. Like you know, I used to say when I started making comics, like I'll believe this is real when I can pick it up off the shelf, and that that's sort of my like 
my take on Hollywood. I think that's a lot of comics people's take is that like Hollywood comes in and is like, this is the greatest thing we've ever read and we absolutely must have it on screen. And then 10 years go by and you're like, what happened there? <laughs> Why did that never happen? Um, but I will say like, um, the people we went with to make this, uh, have made a lot, a lot of movies that Tyler and I really, really love and care about. They have a great track record. Um, but the thing that was really uh, exciting to us was that they really went above and beyond. There was a lot of there was a lot of people who sort of were talking to us about it and sort of making offers. And one group of people went above and beyond to such a sort of staggering degree that we were like, oh, this actually really matters to them. This is something they really care about. And uh, that was exciting to us because they were like, we, we really want this on screen. Like, we want the, to be filming. Like, we want to be having a conversation with you in 18 months on the set. Like, um, and that was pretty important to me and Tyler. Like, option money's cool, but, uh, you know, uh, if you're going to sell something to have it made, like, it's nice to see it get made. So, um, you know, we're cautiously optimistic that it's going to happen. But uh, I think there'll be an announcement early next year. I've always wondered when when you have when you've got people courting you do they do they pitch to you? Uh, yes, and it's terrible. Um, <laughs> it's it's I never you know all the like sort of you watch those movies about Hollywood where people are like sit down and are sort of just so effusive and you know will tell you like you're the greatest genius of our time and and it's and it's like. <laughs> you know, weird, ridiculous parody and you just, you know, uh, picture L.A. story and, you know, all, all these, like, Hollywood movies. Uh, and then it's very much like that. Um, you sit down in meetings where people are like, this is the most important book I've ever read. And, like, your instinct as the person who wrote the book is just to be like, you need to read more books. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, like, I had a lot of, like, uh, you know, I, I definitely had a, a studio executive, you know, not a very nice person, say to me, uh, the three most important comics writers in the world, in my mind, are Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, and Matthew Rosenberg. And I was like, that's the craziest thing anyone has ever said. Like, uh, Good explosion. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like, it's hard to not think that everything that comes after that sounds crazy too even when it's like more grounded and smart and like you know people have a lot of great ideas and instincts and they make movies and they're doing all this cool stuff but like when that's your opening line the only thing that goes through my head is like man you should really check out like Bendis or Brian Vaughn or like <laughs> you know like have you have you ever read any Mike Carey stuff he's really great like you know I like it, it that's just always sort of my takeaway from that um so yeah, they court you, and it's very weird, but uh, it's you know, uh, champagne problems. It's nice. It's well, uh, I I just prefer comics. I like comics. I'm a comics guy. Now, has anyone tried to uh, pitch it to where they turn the four kids into like four talking dogs? No. Um, the weirdest one we got when I when we could never go home was really getting a lot of people chasing after it. Uh, there were a lot of takes on We Can Never Go Home that were strange, where we were just like, this isn't even, like, why buy the book? Like, just make this. <laughs> just like, make this has nothing to do. Um, but for kids, the, the weirdest one we got was, uh, what if it was in Japan? And we were like, why would it be in Japan? And they were like, what if, you know, the, the bank robbers were actually the Yakuza? And we were like, 
why why and they were like we just think that's a good angle and i was like Real weird. It would be so know. weird to have the like segmented like this one's D and D related, this one's RC car related. How are you gonna do that? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I like when stuff like that comes up. You spend a lot of time sort of like just sort of like imagining what they're seeing, trying to figure out what they're talking about. Um, but no, I mean, all the takes are pretty good. Uh, the big thing in Four Kids. Um, you know, there was a bunch of people we talked to who were really great, a lot of great executives and, and studio people. And, you know, we were working with a bunch of different people who were really impressive people. Um, and the big the big sticking point, um, which I am very proud of because it was very intentional, was they were like, you kind of can't do some of this stuff in a movie. What? And, like, you know, <laughs> to me and Tyler, like, that's exactly what we want to hear. Like, we made a comic that you kind of can't make them into a movie. Like, that's the dream for me is to hear that. Like... Um, but you know, they were just like, you can't like show this much violence towards children. It's like super upsetting. Like no one will ever come back and laugh after she gets punched in the face. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's true. It's, it's a, you know, it was a very thin tightrope in the comic and we did our best. And then, you know, people are like, you can't, you know, like what rating is this? And like the, the tonal shift from like a comedy to something darker, like you can't, how would you market that? And you end up having these marketing discussions and these sort of like, what do you want to see this be rated? That were never conversations when it was the book. It was just me and Tyler and Matt Pizzolo from Black Mask just being like, yeah, we're going to do this now. And Pizzolo just being like, that's real crazy. Okay. <laughs> like, um, which is, you know, another point for comics, but it's a, uh, it's definitely, that was sort of the big sticking point. There was never a, uh, you know, let's set it in space or, or make them adults or any of that. But there was a lot of like, can we take out all the cursing and violence? Can we not make it a comedy? Like a lot of stuff like that, where it was really, um, you know, sort of hard to navigate. Uh, so... I think that with things out there like Stranger Things, which clearly has the same kind of mood and tone, maybe not quite yeah. as dark, it is a little. Now you, you can point that, point them to that, and say, "Listen, this this genre works." Yeah, it's funny because we actually uh, people forget it now because we uh, ended up shipping a couple issues late. Um, but we were actually before Stranger Things by a month. Like, our first issue came out the month before Stranger Things started. Yep. And when Stranger Things came out, uh, the, like, day after Stranger Things premiered, my inbox was just full of, like, friends being like, have you seen this? It's a lot <laughs> like your book. And, and studio people being like, hey, we should get on the phone. Because, um, like, people knew instantly that Stranger Things was a big deal. But now for kids development has taken so long that like we've gone through a cycle that was like people being excited about stranger things and being like, well, you can do this. And then it was it. And like, well, what does it mean? Like, this is kids and it's horror. Um, and, and it's every six months, there's sort of a kid themed comic or kid themed movie or TV show mm -hmm. that makes people like reevaluate what you could do with our comic. And, um, I think good boys, which I actually didn't, I haven't seen yet. Uh, but Good Boys was a movie that like did really well and was kids, little kids cursing and people were like, oh, we could make one of those. And so it was interesting to see like Hollywood people who'd sort of like approached us a little bit before, but then walked away, come back when Good Boys hit and be like, hey, is this available again? Like, how do we do this? So uh, Hollywood's a weird place.
yeah. And it's just going to get weirder with all these <laughs> streaming services because you have so many competing against each other now. A lot of them are still looking for those tentpole releases and ongoing series. So I think really for someone like you who has created so much wonderful stuff, it's going to be a good future because they need content. Like, because yeah. everyone is against each other right now. Disney Plus is not going to completely squash everyone like everyone thought. And you still have, like, Peacock yet to come out. Uh, and then uh, HBO Max, I think, is going to be yeah. a, a really good avenue. Have you seen Watchmen by any chance on HBO? I haven't. Uh, I, you know, I know this is the hot-button issue of, like, am I supposed to not watch it or whatever. I am, I'm very curious to see it, um, but I haven't seen it yet. I'm a big, uh, I'm a huge Alan Moore fan, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, but I'm also a big Damon Lindelof fan. I, I really, really love Leftovers. I think it's one of the, the great television shows the last 20 years. So uh, Alan Moore's DNA and Dave Gibbons' DNA in a Damon Lindelof thing is, is very exciting to me. Um, obviously, there's some creator rights that make my skin crawl, uh, which has kept me from turning it on. But, uh, you know, everyone I know who watches it says it's kind of brilliant. So... Yeah, there's always a little bit of a there's always gray area with Alan Moore um, projects because he kind of distances himself from everything that's not the comic. Which you know, I want to be able to enjoy. His, I, I actually really enjoyed Swamp Thing on the DC Universe app, but it's the same type of deal. I know it's not. You know, I, I would kind of rather go back and read the comics uh, yeah. because it's just sure. they're just amazing. Yeah, I mean, I love uh, Alan Moore is, you know, and one of the, I mean, I don't have to sing his resume, but he's, you know, maybe the greatest comics writer of all time. And I think, you know, as someone who loves all of his work uh, very, very deeply, it's, it's, you know, there's no movie that's come along where I've been like, oh, I'm glad they made this because, I, you know, the book wasn't doing it for me. Like, at the end of the day, I, you know, I'm always going to go back to the source material and, and find more pleasure in that. So like, you know, the fact that the, the movies are bothering him is not, does not sit great with me, but, uh, you know, these are, these are confusing times, I guess. It just amazing to me how many people love Watchmen and asking me all kinds of questions about it because they know I read comics and they have never read the comics nor seen the movie the by Zack Snyder. And yeah. they're still really into the show, so that's how you know, like, the characters are kind of universal in a sense. And especially, no spoilers, but what they're doing is amazing. And also, yeah. uh, just to get some TV points with you, one of my favorite TV episodes of all time is Leftovers Season 2, uh, International Assassin. If you remember oh, yeah, that, yeah. that one is fantastic. For sure. Well, for hey, sure. th thanks for joining us here on Nerd News Now. Uh, and I, I would recommend, if anyone hasn't read any of your books... I think Multiple Man, the trade, would make an amazing <laughs> Christmas present for anyone yep. into comics. I think what you did with Jamie Madrix was incredible. And also, if you don't know, Matthew Rosenberg is the guy that put Punisher in War Machine armor. How yeah. You made him even more punishy, if that was even possible. I did do that, yeah. So, I, I would recommend those two. Um, hey, do you have a favorite Thanksgiving dish? Do you have a favorite Thanksgiving dish? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah um, it's embarrassing. I just really like stuffing. Yeah, um, that's not embarrassing. I would just eat it straight out of the pot. Who cares? Yeah, yeah I just, I, people like it's just bread with seasoning. And I'm like, yeah, that's really good. So like, I, I don't know, I like it. Um, so yeah, that, that's my plan for this week is to just eat a lot of stuffing.
Oh, and for those of you who don't know, uh, down in the south we call it dressing. But same thing. Yeah. Stuffing okay. and dressing. Well, hey, thanks, um, uh, Matt, for joining us, and uh, have yeah, a no. happy Thanksgiving, and we're going to look forward to Hawkeye in January. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank uh, you. We'll fun. talk to you soon. All right. And mission, that's all the time we have. How do we run out of time? It's because it's fun. It's just super fun. Um, So I want you to have a Thanksgiving too, and everyone else. What's your favorite side dish? So uh, I take everything on my plate and I cut it up and then I mix it all together, which makes everyone at the table sick. But I don't care because that's the way I eat it. Yeah, and I'm being told that stuffing is in the turkey, but dressing is in the outside. Oh, but you just got owned. No, because if you take the <laughs> stuffing out of the turkey, and then it's just dressing. <laughs> and and if you also if you put stuffing and smear it all over your face, then it's just dressing your face. So <laughs> it's all it's all the same. Well, we didn't get to talk about comics because we were so busy talking about comics, but that was yep. cool. So we'll talk about some of this stuff. Uh, local comic shop day releases maybe next week. Sure. Actually. Next week we should do a shopper's guide. I think we should because everyone's we, going I think to be we shopping. Do that, yeah. Oh, everyone's gonna be shopping. But after you've done all your, you know, Black Friday shopping, mm-hmm. and you've been disappointed by not being able to find all that perfect gift, come back on Nerd News Now next week. So for Miss Jen, I'm Mark. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We'll see you next time on Nerd News Now.